Thank you for joining us online today. If you have a testimony or a prayer request, you can text HOTL to 97000. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can text a dollar amount to 84321. We hope that you enjoy the message and have a great day. It's so good to be here. Hey, a couple of things before I get into the word. Uh, I have a note on my, on my thing here when they, they, they want a little extra emphasis. And this is worth emphasis, amen? So we do, we do a leadership training. It's our adult leadership training track called Impact. How many of you have been through our Impact? Amen. Was it impactive or what? Uh, I just need you to be a little more excited than that. But um, we're, we're excited. It's one, of the, it's one of the most exciting things that I feel like we're doing as a church. We start up in a couple weeks. And if you haven't been through it, you, uh, there's, there's a variety of classes. We'll do uh, early church history. We'll do a leadership class. We'll do uh, counseling. I mean, it's, it's a lot of variety. We bring in a couple um, outside ministries to, to basically speak into that group. In fact, the weekend of our encounter... Uh, Pastor Joy and Meredith Zamora are going to come in early so that we can take the encounter students from the previous, uh, the previous track and the new ones that are coming on and basically uh, have, a, have a special ministry time for them. So we're excited about that. Sign up. It's worth investing in yourself. Amen? I think the other thing, too, is last week we started... Uh, our 21 days of prayer, and we have this amazing booklet that our staff put together. Uh, it, it's got each day will have a different emphasis, have a different scripture. Doesn't take long, but it gives you kind of in the pathway that we're doing. Uh, I love it. I think if I remember right, um, today we uh, we were uh, we're praying for our prime timers and our seniors. So this morning I spent some time just praying for them and thankful for them and what they bring. Uh, the experience, and the, I mean, they are just absolutely pillars in our church community. And so if you didn't get one of those, we handed them out last weekend. There will be one of these for you as you uh, leave the service this morning. Amen? You guys ready? I'm going to pray because I need prayer, and you need prayer. Amen? Jesus, I just thank you so much for your word, and I pray that the, the preparation, the meditation, the, the scripture, the things you've dropped into my heart and our heart as a preaching team, that God, you would just take that and you would uh, help me to communicate clearly that lives would be changed, that we would be more than just hearers of your word, but we would be doers of your word. In the name of Jesus, and they all said amen. 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 Can we just put our hands together and give our worship team an appreciation? You guys did amazing. Amazing. If you're online with us, we just welcome you uh, to our online community. I'm always, I'm always blessed. I go, I go home after the service and I get on our online feed and it's just a blessing to see how many people are joining us and sometimes how far away they are. I mean, we've got, we've got a couple people in Pakistan that sometimes join us and say hi and we've got an online pastor each week. I'm not sure who our, who our online pastor is this week. But I'm always grateful, and so if, if that's you and you're online, share it with somebody that, that needs, to, needs to hear the word this morning. So the, the title of the message this morning, if you're taking notes, is Communicate to Navigate. And really the series is loosely based on the Lord's Prayer, but I want to kind of set the tone for prayer this morning 
as much as I can. You, we could preach on prayer like for a year straight. So it's really hard to kind of put everything together. But um, in the last few weeks, we've had a number of people profess Christ and believe for the first time. That is like the thing that resonates in me probably the most out of everything. And the Bible would say that they've come alive in Christ. And now they're on a journey uh, of a relationship with God. In Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. And one of the most important things that you do when you come alive in Christ, when you come alive in this relationship with God, is to learn how to communicate with God. How many of you recognize that we are not born, born knowing how to communicate? Amen? We try to communicate. Babies try to communicate. Instinctively, they recognize the need to communicate. And it's always kind of fun because it's like, I'll listen you know, I, I like to see a, see, a, see a mom with a young baby, and man, there's just this rapport back and forth, and they kind of know what the baby's trying to do, and I'm like, man, I'm lost as a ball in high weeds right here, but they've got the language down, because there's been this intimacy that's been created, and in intimacy, communication comes, and without communication, it's really hard to actually have intimacy. So when we, when we unpack this in, in prayer, and, and talking with God, prayer is communicating with God, prayer is conversing with God. There's an exchange of communication, and beyond that, a relational impartation that changes us. Thomas Watson wrote this, a godly man is a praying man, and as soon as grace is poured in, prayer is poured out. Prayer is the soul's traffic with heaven. God comes down to us by his Spirit, and we go up to him by prayer. And communication is essential for relationship. Over 22, 23, 24 years of leading a church and counseling a number of marriages, it's amazing how one of the most incredible component that fails is communication. We have a failure to communicate. Because sometimes it's like the enemy wants to twist stuff. Have you, you know, it's kind of interesting how the enemy is so good at taking something that you say and turning it. You ever have that happen to you? It's like, you know, you are completely aware of what you just said. But their ears heard something different. Right? And so I, I just think it's a consistent tactic of the enemy to basically take even communication this way on a horizontal level and twist it and then basically resist it. So he twists it and then he resists it. And then when we get to this vertical place, it's interesting how that's a big step for somebody that's coming into this journey with Christ to actually take and learning how to talk to God. Is it okay if I talk to God? Does God want to talk to me? Well, maybe God wants to talk to me, and he does, because he texted you. But he wants to. Yeah, that was really good, huh? I didn't even say that at the first service. Man, I should go back. But prayer and relationship 
and communication in relationship. So I want you to kind of think about that. In fact, I don't know of a relationship that can thrive without communication. We even, come on, y'all, we even, like, communicate with our animals, don't we? I got a red setter. She gets up every morning. She's the happiest dog I've ever had in my life. Sometimes it's actually irritating how dang happy she is in the morning. I just kind of want to, you know, whatever. I don't, you know, she gets up and she just, how many of you have a dog that just woo, 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 woo? That's what she does. And there's times I'm like, would you shut up? Seriously, I'm just being honest. And so even our animals are trying to communicate with us. And we communicate with them. I mean, it's really actually funny listening to people communicate to their dogs. You know, it's almost like they're trying to communicate to a baby at times. I like they just crazy. But if you think about this, communication is essential for relationship. And I don't know of a relationship that thrives without communication. In fact, if you have a relationship with someone and find there's not communication, you begin to question what is wrong. Can I get an amen? Because here's what happens. Without communication and without information, people make stuff up. You ever had that happen? We just kind of, oh, okay, that look. And then we try to communicate. We try to read people's looks, their manners, their body language and all that. But I tell you what, when my wife becomes quiet, I realize we have a communication problem. Now, some of you might think, well, she's a redhead. Does she get quiet? She does get quiet. When she gets quiet, I realize I have a failure to communicate. There's something there that is like, hmm, what's going on? So, so prayer is a key to relationship with God. A relationship with God is a key to answer prayer. You know, for example, I was thinking about that. It makes me think about uh, phone calls or texts that I receive. One morning, I get up. And I had 81 emails. And I'm telling you what, you know, the, the, the emails and the texts that I respond to are prioritized by the relationship that I have with that person. You might send me a text or an email, and I might like, okay, I'll answer that later. My wife sends me a text or email, and it's like, okay, what's going on? I live because of a relationship. And, and, Prayer is the key to relationship with God. And as we kind of walk into this, it's an amazing vehicle or pathway of communication with God that will strengthen you, will direct you, will change you, will change things around you, will change situations. It can be defined as simple as learning how to talk with God, but it's also so much more. We see in the Bible that prayer would extend the kingdom of God. We see that prayer would change the destiny of kings. We see that Elijah prayed and stopped the rain for three and a half years. That's crazy, y'all. There's been times where I'm like, okay, God, you can stop the snow right now. And I don't know. He doesn't hear me or something. We see that Elijah prayed, stopped the rain for three years, and then he prayed again and the rain came. We see that Joshua prayed and the sun was stopped. John Piper said this, God acts when we pray and often does more in seconds than we can do in hours or weeks or sometimes years. 
Prayer is moving in concert with God, in partnership with God. There's an alignment of your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions. When you, when you have this established communication with prayer. In the, books of, in the book of Acts, prayer is mentioned over 30 times and precedes every significant act that we read in the book of Acts. Prayer is divine. Prayer is intimate. Prayer is how we do warfare in spiritual realms. That's crazy because to some people it's like, well, I thought it was just about talking with God. Well, it is, but how many of you recognize the Bible says the Lord is a warrior and the Lord is his name. And there are spiritual dynamics that aren't broken without prayer. I'm going to unpack that a little bit. Prayer is divine. Prayer is intimate. Prayer is how we do warfare in spiritual realms. And if you say that you're not comfortable with prayer, then you are not most likely changing things around you. You're not utilizing the most powerful principle and privilege, because it's a privilege that is available to you, being able to talk with God in a two-way conversation. If you are insecure with prayer, then you're not able to wage warfare, because prayer is the way that we wage warfare. Prayer, worship, intercession, activate things, change things. Daniel in the Old Testament was shown a vision and then prayed for understanding. The Bible says that an angel came to him after 21 days to reveal that there was a war with principalities over a region. Somebody say region. That his prayer had been heard on the first day, but there was a resistance and a war that had to be won first. Well, we're going to pick it up in Daniel 10, 12 through 14. And then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard on the first day. And I have come to you because of your words. Now I want to time out right there. This was amazing because Daniel has a vision and now he's basically trying to unpack what does it really mean. Because he realized there was a significance to this on behalf of people. And so he goes and he's, he's, he's praying and then this, 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 this man of God comes to him. I mean, it's amazing. And he says, I've come to you because of your words. Something that Daniel prayed actually activated something in the heavenly realms. But, but, but then it goes on to say, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. That's where we get our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And some people do the Daniel fast, which is um, meat, sweet breads, dairy. I mean, when I saw it, I'm like, Daniel fast, sweet breads, that's really cool. All I got to do is give up donuts. No big deal. But it's more than that. You're a tough crowd this morning. <laughs> but then it says, now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So the principle illustrates... This illustrates two important principles. Number one, understanding and wisdom require prayer. James 1 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask, that's prayer, and it will be given to him with liberally and without reproach. We're talking about navigation. We're talking about communicate to navigate. 
I, I, I believe that when we ask for prayer, we just, okay, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask for prayer, and it will be given that there is a source of wisdom that's not of earthly origin. Because we find later in James 3, verse 17, that actually a contrast talks about a, a wisdom from, from, from you know, uh, evil sources as opposed to wisdom from heavenly sources. There's two types of wisdom. And I'm telling you what, we need to walk in the kind of wisdom that God has for us. And the only way to do that is to actually just say, okay, I'm going to get over my whatever insecurity. I'll be honest with you. There was, a, there was a time in my life when I was not secure in prayer. I mean, I knew how to talk to God, but I wasn't sure, like, is this supposed to be this, like, formal conversation? Was I supposed to use like the, you know, the, the old King James language when I did it? Thou, O Lord. My wife, you know, came to, came to know the Lord and she was a baby Christian, but man, she just jumped into the word and jumped into prayer. And man, I'd pray and, you know, it'd take me like three sentences. And then she'd pray and it'd be a whole book later. And I'm like, oh man, she can really pray. I'm gonna have to step up my game. It's like, no, it's not a competition. It's just, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle that you have to basically kind of give yourself to and realize. And so I do, I remember, okay, I'm going to get up every day because I know I need to do this. I'm a dad, I'm a husband. I know it makes a difference. I got to model something. And I'm going to pray for 15 minutes every day before I go to work. That was my, that was my New Year's pledge. Man, the first few days, 15 minutes seemed like an eternity felt like I'd run out of stuff to pray. Oh, God. Hmm. I lift up my wife. Cool. That's awesome. Lift up my job. Awesome. And then I'd be like, I don't know what else to say. Africa. Jesus. I know you love Africa, Lord. But I had to learn... Number one, to love the intimacy of prayer, I had to learn the discipline of prayer because how many of you realize that communication is also discipline? There's times when I've been married for 43 years, and, and, and so is she. <laughs> uh, you weren't paying attention to me, were you? Ha <laughs> ha, got you. Ha <laughs> ha. And there's times when we've had to discipline ourselves to communicate. Because sometimes it's not easy to communicate. How was your day? Fine. What'd you do today? I worked. I don't know about you guys, but that's never worked for her. She wants me to unpack what that looked like. Who did you talk to? Where did you go? What did they say? What do you think they meant when they said that? What are you going to do about that? And I'm like, ah, oh, I worked. Right? But there is a resistance to communication. You know what guys are we're terrible about? We don't want to communicate about intimate things. We don't want to talk about our feelings. We want to put our bat shields up. We don't want to lower them. We don't want to be transparent because we'll come across as weak. And so all of this in a big old hell ball is a strategy of the enemy to basically keep your mouth shut. 
and to, and to, to keep you from basically walking in the kind of relationship and the dynamic communication that God has for you. There's something that we have to, we have to walk out. Uh, understanding and wisdom are going to require prayer. If you are going to move into this new year, which guess what you are, you want to do it with a shift in your heart and a shift in your thinking and a new understanding and a new wisdom because, I mean, there's stuff out there. It looks like clean up on aisle five all day long, right? I need wisdom. You need wisdom. Caleb, you need wisdom to walk your family through this culture and through the brokenness, and you're not going to get it if you don't communicate and pray and access heavenly resources. Now, my second point, there's a demonic opposition. I kind of talked about that a little bit. I just got ahead of myself. It says in Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We are not wrestling, but we're much more comfortable wrestling against flesh and blood. It'll be a lot easier, but we're wrestling in spiritual dynamics. And the only way to do that is to, is to engage with God and get wisdom and be empowered and equipped and understand. We see that in Luke chapter 8. I'm not going to unpack the whole thing. That Jesus cast a legion of demons out of a man. You remember the, the Gadarene demon? And basically, he said, you know, Legion was a thousand. I mean, this guy was packing some friends, y'all. Said that he would cry out all night. He would gash himself, inflict terrible damage on himself, screaming, running naked throughout the tombs. Jesus encountered him. And basically, the, the demons basically said, don't cast us into the abyss. They wanted to be left in the region or the territory so they could continue doing what they do best, being destructive, kill, steal, destroy. Listen, prayer is how you successfully wage warfare and I believe there are territorial spirits and you will not be successful in prayer without in war without prayer I was illustrating a number of years ago my boys were you know junior high high schoolish and we were talking about spiritual dynamics and, and if you know me I'm not like a super hyper spiritual guy I'm not like a dog bark well there's a demon some of that stuff is ridiculous. You know what? The Holy Spirit is not weird, but people can be. Can I just say that? So, but I was talking to them about just, just, just regional influences. You know, and I said, so what influence do you think there is over Hollywood? And they're like, what, what influence do you think there is over, say, like Las Vegas? You know, there's gambling and prostitution. And they're like, ah, oh, the light starts coming on. Like different areas have different, like they're almost known for it. And then so one of my boys just said, well, what do you think is the spirit over Idaho? Spirit over, spirit of potato? You know, <laughs> I mean, so it's like, okay, I don't think they're getting it. 
But prayer is how you successfully wage warfare. I believe there are territorial spirits. Listen, generational junk will not be broken off your life without prayer. You know, I, I mean, over my life personally, anger, there was generational anger. There was generational divorce. I mean, when I look back and, and, and basically I realize my great-grandfather was divorced. My grandmother was divorced. My mom was divorced multiple times. I had a sister that went through the terrible thing of divorce. And when Robbie and I met, we realized there's something that's kind of like generational going on. And we break that thing in Jesus' name. You know, the old, it runs in the family junk, needs to not run in the family anymore. And that's how you break that stuff. And, and, and if you think about it, without prayer, and, and it's a spiritual thing, you just showed up uh, to a gunfight with a knife or maybe even a Nerf gun. How many guys in our, in our, in our congregation this morning, you've served our nation in the, in the armed forces? Guess what? They don't. Thank you so much. Ivan, you serve. Ivan, I want you to go out and defend our country, and here's your airsoft gun. Here's your Nerf gun. Here's your paintball gun. That hurts. That hurt. I got hit with some paintballs. Dude, that hurts, man. No, actually, I won. <laughs> it was pretty good. I, I was pretty good at it. I was, a, I was a gunslinger. Prayer is relational. I want you to get that. It connects us to the heart of God. And in prayer, God changes our heart. There's been so many times, man, I've went into prayer and I'm, I'm, I'm perturbed. And I come out and I'm at peace. I go into prayer and maybe I'm, I'm concerned, I'm anxious, and I come out and I'm in peace. I go in maybe a little fearful and I come out and I'm full of faith. I go in and maybe there's a little bit of hopelessness and I come out with hope. I come out, and maybe I'm just kind of dragging my dragon. You know, it's just like I'm not feeling, and I come out with joy. There's something that trans, there's a transaction that happens. There's an exchange that happens in prayer. And I think the church needs to understand how it's a privilege, it's an honor, it's, it's warfare, it's part of how what, what God changes us. God responds to prayer, and prayer is resisted by the devil, even in the Garden of Gethsemane. Here's these guys that have walked with Jesus. They've watched him like do miracle after miracle after miracle. And what's he say? Can you pray? He comes out and they're sleeping. Could you not pray for one hour? Why? Because there's a resistance. The enemy doesn't want you to pray. Robbie, would you just come up here for a moment? Yeah, just, yeah, up here. There is a resistance, husbands. There's a resistance to you praying for your wife. I'm telling you what, it was one of the things that I had to break through because it'd be, it'd be weird. It'd be like, uh, you know, she would say, you know, would you just pray for me? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, seriously, what, what do you think that is? That's a devil. But I'm telling you what, there's no more, I mean, we're talking about husbands and wives and we're talking about intimate things. 
I don't think there's a more intimate thing that can happen than when you pray for your wife. There's something that changes when I pray for her. There's something inside her that her, her security, her joy, her peace goes to a whole nother level when I pray for her. Wouldn't you say that's true? Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you, I probably don't pray for her enough. Would you say that's true? Yes. She just, <laughs> I love you. You're awesome. Helper Jesus. <laughs> oh my gosh. My pastor, uh, my pastor tells of the spiritual father that he had. This is just a side note. Spiritual father that he had. This was back in the day when the, the pastors and elders would sit up on the platform. There'd be like a couple rows, right? Any, any of you grow up in a church like that? <laughs> Praise God, we don't do that anymore. But anyway, they'd be up there, and then if one of the young guys preaching, if, if, the, if the lead pastor that was his spiritual father didn't feel like you were hitting the mark, he would start interceding for you on the platform. And you would hear him go, help him, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to do that one day with Pastor Joel or Pastor Stephen. I'll be down there and go, help him, Jesus. <laughs> Prayer, definition. This is almost so much different than the first service, isn't it? Any form of communication with God on the part of believing people in response to situations that might arise in life. Prayer is marked, therefore, by variety and encompasses petition, including intercession for others, complaint, praise, thanksgiving, confession, imprecation, nonverbal communication, there's times when you're just, like Pastor Brian was saying, you're just meditating. You're just like, I'm here, God. And glossolia, which is spiritual languages, tongues. As speaking to God rather than about God, prayer expresses most clearly what is believed about God, serves to affect the personal relationship that exists between God and his people. Prayer is essential to navigation. This is back to my, my point Navigation without communication is nearly impossible. Spiritual navigation is so imperative that it's impossible without prayer. No army fights successfully without lines of communication, and one of the first things that an opponent will do is take out communication so that navigating your way through the war is not possible. John Piper wrote this, You cannot know what prayer is for until you know that life is war. Let's talk about navigation. It's amazing how our phones and Google Maps have made navigation easier. Amen? Said anybody over about 50? Now you just type in an address and, you, and, and the directions pop up, the distance between two points, and it tells you exactly when you arrive. Young people, they have no idea that, you know, we used to carry two or three maps in our glove box, and you'd have to write down the directions, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, there's been a few times when Google, Google Maps have led me into some weird places. Amen? I actually watched a YouTube video, true, of this lady that was following her Google Maps. She and her 
her friend, and they're driving their car, and they drive into a marina. And as they're driving by this boat, they're waving at these people as their car goes down the boat ramp and into the water. And then they needed to be rescued. There are people, there are people in your life that need rescue because there's been bad communication, bad navigation. And I, I don't know about you, but I, my wife has a lot more faith in those things than I do. She'll be like, well, just go where it tells you to do. And I'm like, I just don't like people telling me where to go. <laughs> so a lot of times I'll just bypass the direction, right? <laughs> I got an amen from a guy. As we move into this new year, a lot of people have suffered from poor navigation or no navigation. We get our navigation from the wrong source. I came across a post recently that really just like, it was so true. I'm going to read it to you. And it was about following your heart. The post goes on to say, follow your heart has ended in more, ended more marriages, causes more addictions, mutilated more bodies, destroyed more souls. One of hell's most effective slogans. David said, search me, O God, know my heart. See if there be any wicked in me. Lead me unto your everlasting way. Can I have our worship team come? Or as I stated earlier, we're always challenging the directions given even by God. Disciples asked Jesus to teach us to pray, seeing the tremendous power that ensued. Prayers worship, prayers petition, prayers asking for understanding, prayer aligns our hearts. And I believe that, that first of all, that those steps prepare us so that when we pray, there are effective, powerful things that happen. The disciples did not want to learn how to pray because Jesus looked good doing it. They wanted to learn how to pray because they saw amazing things and they realized what the basis of everything was, was prayer. He said, I don't say things unless I hear my father say them. I don't do things unless I, I see my father in heaven doing them. He was so connected relationally and in communication that he was able to walk in a way. And I don't know about you, but when I saw him, you know, healing the lame and the blind would come and the dead would rise, I'd be like, give me a crash course on raising the dead. I want to do that. And you know what I see? You know what I see even in the church? I see a lot of people that want to focus on signs, miracles, and wonders. And that's okay. I love that stuff. But I don't see those same people a lot of times going, I want to focus on prayer. Because that's where it all actually comes out of. If we get a praying church, I'm telling you what, the devil doesn't have a chance. You get an interceding church. And the enemy, I'm telling you, I heard a song the other day that wrecked me. Talking about more power in the hem of his garment that the enemy has in his camp. And we have access to that if we will get over our insecurity, if we'll get over and push through the opposition to where we got this relationship and this communication with God. Things are changed when, when we pray. James 5.16 says the effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. There's the power. 
So prayer is not just simply talking with God, but prayer readies us to release something that will accomplish much. There's a link established. Remember the earlier quote, prayer is the soul's traffic with heaven. I, I, I want to just give you a couple of points. Just hang in here with me. Some of the things that happen because of prayer. Genesis 25, 21, I love this. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Sometimes it's only prayer that will bring life to the barren things in our life. There's areas of our lives that will not come to life without effective prayer being released. And we know that Elijah prayed and the rain stopped for three years. He prayed again and the land was watered. There's some of us, there's some of you, that your land is so dry and you need water in the most desperate way. Jesus said, from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But these things happen when you get to a place and you say, okay, maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe I stink at this. Maybe I'm not good at conversation. But I'm going to set aside some time and I'm going to basically position my heart in this new year that I'm going to be... David said this. He, he writes, I'm a man of prayer. But the correct interpretation... In the original was, he said, I am prayer. That's, that's what he was wanted to be known for. That's what he did. We see miracles and amazing things consistently in the Bible, in the history of God's people. There's prayer, and then God responds. There's prayer, God responds. There's prayer, God responds. That's amazing. It should encourage us and challenge us to pray more. There's a story in the Bible where the disciples couldn't drive a demon out of a boy. So they go back to Jesus and they ask him. And in Mark 9, 28, 29, he says, and when he had come in the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Listen, Jesus intimates the power behind any deliverance is prayer. And when we unpack prayer and how to do it, I love this. God never directed anything to be done without giving a blueprint. It's always amazed me that when the disciples saw Jesus multiply fish and loaves, raise people from the dead, heal the sick, the one thing they ask him, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Luke 11, 1. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So we're going to take the next few Sundays, and we're going to continue to unpack prayer, and we're going to continue to walk in unity and pray together. Maybe, maybe this is something you just haven't made a, a lifestyle. Just start, start somewhere. Start five minutes before you go to work or 15 minutes. You know what I found? I started 15 minutes and I thought, man, it just felt like it was forever. And then the enemy would come in and kind of go, yeah, you're really spiritual, aren't you? You're praying for 15 minutes. And there was just an opposition. But then there was a breakthrough. And pretty soon be like, wow, man, I've been like praying for 20 minutes. Wow, I've been, 
man, I've been praying for, man, 45 minutes is not enough. I need more time. I need to set aside time. I need to discipline myself because every communication and relationship that's worth it is worth sowing into. I want to sow into that, God, because I know that you want to sow into me. Prayer is communication with God. It's where heaven meets earth so many times. God is faithful. Revelations 5.8 said that he, the prayers of the saints are stored up. And God wants to and desires to communicate with us. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning. And God has been speaking to you and you haven't even made this decision yet to follow him as Lord. I want to just take a moment. I want you to close your eyes, bow your heads and your hearts. I'm just going to boldly declare to you that God has been speaking. He's reaching. Maybe you felt the love of God. You felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you felt the love of God in somebody that's carrying the kingdom in their heart and their life. But you've never really taken that step and said, today I become a believer. Today I respond to the invitation. The word says in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone will open and come in, I will... I will sup with him and he with me. That's speaking in a relationship. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died, that he was raised up again on the third day, you profess and confess that he's Lord and Savior. That's a step into salvation. It's one of the most important, it is the most important decision you will ever make. It will change your destiny eternally and it will change your life right now. If you've never done that, but you're saying today, Pastor, I want, I want to profess and believe. Today is my day. I'm coming into the kingdom. I want you. Nobody's looking around except me. I want you to raise your hand. I want to agree with you. If you're here this morning and you're saying, today, I, I become a believer. I become a follower. Maybe you've been a fan of Jesus, but today you're saying, no, I'm, I, I'm a follower. Today I'm in. Anybody this morning, raise your hand so I can see you. I, it's important we do this together. This is community. We're doing this in family. Thank you, Jesus. Can we put our hands together and just, just rejoice this morning for somebody that's taken that step? Thank you, Lord. So here's what I want to do. As, as we continue to move into the new year with, with an emphasis on prayer, there's a couple things that I want to do to conclude this morning. First of all, I'd like us all to stand, and I want us to read and pray this together. This is the Lord's Prayer. It says in Matthew 6 and verse 9, In this manner, therefore, pray. And we're all going to pray it out loud. Our Father, art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Now here's what I, here's what I want to do this morning. Before we close this morning, we have people that are going to be up front. It's our prayer teams. 
and they want to partner with you. Now, remember everything that we've talked about prayer. Prayer is activating something, accessing something. There's something that's divine about prayer. And if you're here this morning and you need some prayer, I would just ask you, be receptive. We're going we're gonna to worship for another few moments. And if there's something here this morning, if you need things to change this year, come on, anybody need things to change this year? I just sense in my spirit, there's people that need a shift this year. There's a divine Holy Spirit shift that you need. If, if you're that person, as we worship, thank you, young man, I would love you to come up and let somebody agree with you for that shift. If you need things broken off of you, it might be, you know, habits and hang-ups and hurts and all this kind of stuff, let someone pray with you. If you need healing, you need restoration, let some people move heaven on earth on your behalf. If you need a heart change going into this new year, let us pray for you. In prayer, there's an exchange between heaven and earth and a two-way conversation that's effective, supernatural, and needed. It's needed. We're going to worship, and if any one of these things basically speaks to you, come and let Travis pray for you. Come and let Timothy and Caleb pray for you. Let Morgan pray for you. Hannah pray for you. Lori, pray for you. Candy, pray for you. If you gave your life to the Lord, come over here and see Susie. I believe that God wants to shift some things. So just stay with us for another moment or two or three, and let's worship. Can we do that? And I will make room for you. recognize I need to make room for God more room this year than maybe I've ever done I want you to raise your hands come on I've got both of mine up I got both of mine up now let's just let's just sing this as a prayer let's sing this as a prayer as a declaration today come do whatever you want oh that takes some courage do whatever you want 
Father, I just thank you today, God, for the challenge to your people, the challenge to me, God, that we would make more room for you, that, God, we would recognize our need to pray, to talk, to intercede. Jesus, I just pray that there's that shift today in our hearts that leans us more into you than maybe we've ever done before, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Listen, if you're a guest this morning, we'd love to connect with you, communicate with you. We have a gift for you as you leave. Also, if you didn't get the booklet, 21 Days of Prayer, and you want to partner with us, we have some as you leave. And God bless you. Can we put our hands together for Jesus once more this morning? Have an amazing, amazing week. In Jesus' name.